0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Um, we're going to turn in our Bibles today. We're going to continue in the sermon series, The Way, The Truth, The Life. And I'm going to let you stay seated for the reading of the Word today. I'm going to read a couple of individual passages of Scripture, all from the book of John. Of course, we talked to you a little bit um, last Sunday about the book of John and how it's so uniquely different from the other Gospels. Uh, but John chapter 14 and verse 6, we're going to start there. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was so plain about who he was. He wasn't beating around any bushes. He says, I'm the way. Not two ways, not three ways, not 30 ways, not 217 ways, I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth. Everybody thinks they've got the truth, right? Jesus said, I'm the truth. He said, I'm the life. He, He was emphatic. He wasn't wasn't mincing any words. He was letting the people know that this is who I am. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. You want to get to God today? You you want to find God? You're only going to find God through Jesus Christ. Because he said, I am the way. We talked about that last Sunday. If you weren't here, I, I invite you to go to the website. And you can go and listen to that message if you missed it. I, I believe it was a great message. It, it was God, God was talking to me, and I pray that God used me to talk to you through his word. It was a great message. Today, we're going to talk about I am the truth. Everybody say truth. And Jesus said, I am the life. We'll talk about that in a future message. Also, in the book of John, chapter 8 and verse 31, the Bible tells us, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If ye abide in my word, whose word? His word. word. You abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed. If someone says that they're a disciple of Jesus Christ and they're not abiding in this, they're not telling you the truth. Because Jesus said himself, If you abide in my word. Do the things I say. Then you can say you're my disciples. Verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We, we want to know the truth. Because I want to be made free. We've been bound, the Bible says, in sin We were born in sin. We were shapen in iniquity. But the Bible lets us know when we know truth. I'm thankful I know truth today. When we know truth, the Bible says the truth shall make you free. I'm not ready to preach yet, but I kind of feel like I am. John 17 and 17. Another passage in the book of John. Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And one more. John chapter 1 and verse 17. The Bible says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I'm going to take a few moments today to preach to you The simple phrase of what Jesus said about himself, he says, I am the truth. Everybody say, I'm the truth. truth. That's what Jesus said. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the way. And in case you weren't here, I'm going to just kind of give you a little snapshot. The book of John is is a unique gospel. The first three um, gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we find that they are the synoptic gospels. They kind of have the same flow and the same pattern, tell the same stories with some different words, tell the same parables. They're they're the synoptic. They're, They're similar because of how they're written. But John's gospel is very different. John was out to prove one thing, that Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus was telling us, Through the Gospel of John, that he was the one true living God, come down to earth, robed himself in flesh, and became our Savior. That's what the book of John was telling us. We talked about this a little bit last week. The book of John has seven discourses that it focuses on, seven times that there's some dialogue by Jesus, seven main times, there's seven miracles listed in the book of John. Many of the miracles in the book of John are not recorded in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. For example, the the raising of Lazarus from the dead is only found in the book of John. We also found that in the book of John that Jesus talks a lot about who he is. He's trying to prove this, that I am the God of heaven, come down to earth to be your savior. He says, I am the way. Everybody say the way. way. He says, I am the truth. I am the life. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door and I am the good shepherd. There's seven different things that Jesus proclaimed himself to be. They are the I am statements that are found only in the book of John. Now this caused Jesus a lot of trouble because what he was simply saying to the, the religious people of that day. He was saying that I am of the Old Testament. John chapter 8 and 58. He was identifying himself as the I am. He said unto them, most assuredly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I was. Is that what it says? It doesn't say I was. That's proper English. Before Abraham was, I was. No, he says, before Abraham was, I am. And when they heard that, verse 59 says, they took up stones to throw at him. They were ready to take him out because Jesus, this carpenter from Nazareth, was identifying himself as the God of the Old Testament. The I am, the great I am back in Exodus where, where we have Moses at the burning bush. And, and he, he says, what, who will I say is sending me? The response came from God and says, I am that I am. Tell them that the I am has sent me unto you. God is saying in the Old Testament, I am. Jesus is saying in the New Testament, I am. That's why they were so quick to stone him. It outraged those religious leaders because Jesus was claiming to be God. And they were ready to to, to do away with him. So we talked about that last week. We found out last week that there's not many ways to God. There's only one way. And that way is through Jesus Christ. And we've sung about that name today. When we embrace Jesus as the way, everything that he has promised, is we have access to that. He has promised to be our healer. He is our healer. He's promised to be our deliverer. We can have him as our deliverer. He's promised to be our victory. We can have victory today. Whatever you're needing in your life today, he can be your peace. He is the prince of peace. He can be your righteousness. He can be your way maker where there seems to be no way. And ultimately, we need him to be our Savior. Jesus basically means, I am your Savior. Jehovah has become my salvation. So today we're talking about, I am the truth. Well, we're living in a society today that really does not believe that there's only one truth. In fact, in your notes, you'll you'll see... That society rejects the fact that there is an absolute truth. There's a book that was written by a guy named the, by the name of Jim Leffel. His book is called The Death of Truth. And here's what he wrote in one of his uh, paragraphs. He said, in a recent series of more than 20 interviews conducted at a random large university, people were asked this question is there any such thing as an absolute truth? For example, he said, is there a truth that is true across all times, across all cultures, for all people? And out of the interviews that they did, all but one of the people interviewed, the one was a Bible-believing Christian, they answered like this, and they said, no, truth is whatever you believe, that is truth. They answered things like, no, there is no absolute truth. They, they, They had answers that the people that believe that there's an absolute truth, they are the dangerous people among us. This is what was said in this research study on a university campus. In your notes, a couple of blanks for you. Society that we live in. This beautiful country that we get to live in, the beautiful neighborhood of your town, Oakville, Burlington, Mississauga, Hamilton, Stony Creek, Milton, wherever you're from today, in our society, it's aggressively attacking the truth of God's Word. Amen? amen, amen. Everything is against the truth. Of God's word. And that is causing us to see so many changes. In what we believe as a society. About marriage. Amen. Amen. About family. Right, right. And about God. We're seeing a rapid decline. I mean even in the last five years. Since I've returned to Canada. I have seen the, 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 the rapid slope Downward in what our culture is believing in or is saying is the truth now. It's, it's anti-Word of God. It's anti-Christianity. It's anti-Jesus. But the Word, God's Word, which is truth, tells us that this is going to happen. If you look in your Bible in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25, it says there's coming a day. When when men who exchange the truth of God for a lie. There's coming a day, the Bible says back in Romans, where men are going to exchange the truth. Everybody say the truth. They're going to take the truths of God's word, the truth about God, and they're going to exchange it for a lie. They're going to worship and serve the creature. Who's that? Me. They're going to they're take their worship. And they're going to take their service. And they're going to take it from serving God. And they're going to serve the creature, the, the creation, rather than the one who created us. Of course, the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, so, so the, the Bible is letting us know there's coming a day when, when the truths that we have stood for as a nation And the truths that have been proclaimed in our country for many, many years are going to be turned around, and we're going to believe a lie. That's why our marriages are not seen as male and female anymore. That's why we have such a mess, and I hope that I'm not going to offend anybody here, in in some of our education system where it doesn't matter who you want to be today. You can be trans-whatever. Today I'm trans-slender. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've chosen to be trans-slender today. Brother Andrew is back at the back and he's, he's with me. Seriously, we have got a mess on our hands in our culture. Because what, what used to be accepted and, and proclaimed as normal is no longer normal. In fact, they look at us, those that believe in the word of God, as those who are the dangerous ones in our society. They've exchanged the truth of God and the truths of God's word, and they've exchanged it for a lie. And the end result of that decision is found in the verses that follow. Romans chapter 1 and verse 28 says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they don't even think about God. God gave them over to a debased mind or a reprobate mind, says the King James, to do, to do those things which are not fitting. Verse 29, being filled with all, everybody say all, all. unrighteousness. All could be used several times here. All sexual immorality. All wickedness, all covetousness, all maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. Deviant behavior is now normal, it's celebrated. It's promoted from the very top leaders in our country all the way down. If you're a little bit weird, you're promoted. But those that are holding to the truths found in this book are the dangerous ones. we got to be careful because you are are, are the evil people. That's what our society has turned to. This world has an agenda. The devil has an agenda. And it's not... To uphold anything in this book. It's anti-God. It's anti-Christ. It's anti-Christianity. It's anti-Word of God. And and they're developing new religions. New things to believe in. There's an entire culture that's turning to lies. And they're embracing those lies as the truth. And they're following them. And they're pledging their allegiance to them. A recent New, York's, New York Times article had this to say. It said, the scientific process holds all the answers to humanity's greatest problems. The scientific process. Did you guys not know that? You, you, you didn't know? Well, I'm going to enlighten you. According to the New York Times, the scientific process is the thing that holds all the answers to your greatest problems. Aren't you comforted? (laughs) An Israeli historian by the name of Yuval Noah Harari, he claimed this. Technology offers us the most hope in life, not religion. According to Yoval, this historian, he said the most interesting place on the planet today is the Silicon Valley. Praise God. We can go to the Silicon Valley. It's the the most important place and interesting place on the planet. What we're finding is these people... They're taking God out of the equation and they're creating new religions that the masses are following. And it's built around technology. It's built around the scientific process. I'm all for technological advances. Amen? I've got somebody's, I don't know whose iPhone this is right here, Sister Kyla. I've got Kyla's iPhone here. I mean, what a technologically great instrument. I mean, it's my camera it's my banking system, it's, it's whatever I need it to be. It's my note-taking system, um, it's my communication device, it's my phone. It's only one, that's only the one of the things this is used for. It's my computer. I don't have to go, like anywhere I go in the world, it's my Bible. It, it, it's just, it's a great technological device. But this is not the thing that provides me the answers that I need to the problems that I have. the world's greatest challenges cannot be solved with some new technology what this world is needing they're getting to they need to know that there's a truth and this truth has the ability to transform your life i'm thankful to god today that when i believe this truth, that this truth was not just some concept out there in space, but this truth was a person and this person was Jesus Christ. And when I began to believe on him, the Bible let me know that he would change my life and he's changed my life. He's transformed my thinking. He's turned my life around. No matter what the question you may have today, the answer is always the same. The answer is Jesus. No matter the question, the answer is Jesus. No matter the trouble you're facing today, the answer is Jesus. No matter what challenge life brings you today, the answer is Jesus. Let's thank him right now that he's the answer. Hallelujah. God, I thank you that you're the answer to everything, God. But we're seeing a contamination process happening in our culture. The devil. How many still believe there's a devil? The devil is at work. He's working to confuse. He's working to belittle. He's working to marginalize the truths that are found in God's word. If you're one of those people that believes this book, if you're one of those people that stands on the truths of God's word, you're out of touch. You're old-fashioned. You're irrelevant. And in fact, you're even dangerous if you believe this truth. Really, you are dangerous to his kingdom. He knows it. That's why he's working so hard, because he understands and he knows the power of this word. He knows the power of the word of God. He knows the power of the name of Jesus. He knows the the authority that we have when we come in his name and we speak in his name and we proclaim in his name. He knows that his kingdom is in for a fight. And he knows that this kingdom is always greater than his kingdom. That's why he's doing such a hard and and a task to get us to be little and to be marginalized and to be confused about God's word. Because he knows this is the truth. You know, life is full of constant change. Think about it. This week there was a baby born to one of our families. um, Brendan Hannington, who was a part of this church, up in this church. Him and his wife Lizzie had a baby in Louisiana. Sister Brenda is there today to snuggle and hug that baby a little bit. Change is always happening. There's a a new child born into the world this week. People come and people go. Think about your life and where you're at. You have friends in your life today that you didn't have last year. And you have people in your life that was in your life last year that are not in your life today. We're, We're in constant change. This is in constant change. (laughs) Hopefully, you've got more this week than you had last week. But many of us have less this week than we had last week. It's in constant change. Your bank account is in constant change. Governments are in constant change. You know, you you might like who's in office today. You might not like who's in office today. Just wait a little while because it's going to (laughs) change. Right? Politicians change. Governments change. Taxes change. Usually in a way in our lives we don't like. Anyone affected yet by the carbon, the new carbon tax? Sister Carrie lives in BC, and she's really affected by some of those carbon taxes. I heard that the price they're paying for gasoline is just unbelievable. But we're living in, a, in constant change. The amount of food in your refrigerator is changing, especially if you have kids at home. You fill it up, and it goes and change. Life is full of change. But but in this life that has constant change, is there anything that we can hold on to that never changes? Is there something that can remain constant throughout all the changes of life? Is there anything that stays secure that we can hold on to? We, we need something in our lives that's constant. We need something in our lives that never changes because that gives us a point of reference that we can look to. When life around us is spinning and it's moving at a rapid pace, there's something we can go to that's secure, that never changes. If you're driving down the highway and you, you see the car stopping in front of you, and you put your foot on the brake, okay? You're on the brakes. And you, you, you try to stop, and you look, and there's still things moving, okay? What are you going to do? You're going to brake even harder, right? What, what do you do? What do you try to look for? You try to look for something that's constant. You look for a telephone pole. You look for something that's secure. And you brake, and if you look at that, and it's still moving, you're in trouble, Because you're looking to the thing, it's your point of reference. It's your constant. It's the thing that that that's secure. That if it's if it's not moving, you're good. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing around you, if it's not, you're you're you're, you're good. But if it's still moving, you've got trouble. I, I am so thankful today that there's something in this life that is constant. I am so glad today there's something that we can look to that is secure, that it never changes, that that it's always going to be constant, that it's never changing. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, God is speaking. He says, for I am the Lord and I do not change. He never changes. You may change. Politics may change. Your bank account may change. But He never changes. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It doesn't matter what changes in your life. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, He never changes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that gives me confidence. I don't know about you, but that gives me security. No matter what happens in my world, no matter what happens, God, in my family, God, no matter what happens in my country, there's something that never changes. And I look to that today. And Jesus proclaimed, we read it earlier today. He said, I am the truth. He, he didn't beat around the bush. He didn't say, I'm one of the truths and I, I'm a good truth or I, I'm at the top of the heap truth. He says, I am the truth. And no one comes to God but through me. You know, the truth is not some idea. It's not just some concept. The truth is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. In fact, Peter echoed the truth. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. Be saved. If you want salvation today, there's only one way to be saved. It's not doing what grandma said to do. It's not doing what you think in your own opinion. The Bible says that salvation comes through Jesus Christ and him alone. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the eternal life. It's the only way to get to heaven. I'm thankful for truth today. If you have a Bible today, I want you to lift your Bible up. Are you thankful for that today? Some of you are lifting up your phones. That's all right. That's your Bible with you at this moment. Are you thankful for truth? Are you thankful for the word of God? Are you thankful there's something you can go to when the storms of life come, when the winds begin to blow, and you don't know which end is up? There's something that you can look to that can bring security and peace to your troubled life. Our culture the secular culture that we're a part of, that they believe many different truths about life and morality. Most in our culture do not believe in any absolute truth. Oh, you believe in a God, a higher being? Okay, you're good. That's what they believe. But Jesus didn't say he was one of the ways. He didn't say he was one of the truths. He said, I am the truth. He was absolute about it. He is the absolute truth that we can go to. But in our culture, really, it's my truth versus your truth. And and I'm okay with your truth as long as you don't get talking about my truth. If you start putting your truth on top of my truth, we've got trouble. But really, as a mature believer today, we don't have an option when it comes to deciding what is truth. That's already been established for us. The truth has already been settled. Jesus said himself in John 17 and 17, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. I wish that people would get that, that this is the truth. This is the thing that's going to judge them. I'm not going to judge them when they get to heaven. This is going to judge them. Your mother and father are not going to judge you when you get to heaven. This is what's going to judge you. No preacher, no no, no politician's going to judge you. No friend is going to judge you and let you off. This is the truth that you're going to be judged by. Many see the word of God as something that's out of date. That's just the Bible. That's, that's obsolete. That's irrelevant. It's, it's, it's what they call the word of God. But I want to tell you today, church, if it's truth then, it's truth now. Amen. If it's truth, then it's truth. Now, this is an unchanging truth. This is not going to Bible says it's never going to pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Many churches have lost their way. They believe things and teach things that are not even in the Bible. I was reading and I'm not going to name any names, but this week there was a One of our major religions here in Canada, one of the big ones, they were having this conference and they were trying to decide whether they were going to allow or they've been allowing, but they were going to try and maybe backtrack a little bit who gets married these days. And so there was this big division that took place in one of our major denominations because some were saying, we got to hold to what this book says. And many were saying, oh, no, no, that's, 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 that's old news. No, no, we're going to do it our way. This is truth. If it's truth then, it's truth now. If it's the word of God then, it's the word of God now. Truth never changes. Truth is truth. Our culture, in your notes, says everyone is basically good. Oh, you're good. Brother Jerry, you're good. Brother Cleve, you're good. Malenka, you're good. We're, We're good. Is that what the Bible says? Bible says in Romans three ten, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's what truth says. You leave me to myself. It's wicked. If I leave you to yourself, wicked. When was the last time the preacher called you wicked? About two seconds ago. By yourself. You're no good. There's none of us that are righteous. The Bible says my best, my righteousness is filthy rags. I need him. I need truth. Culture says there's no such thing as life after death. You know, we live this life just, you know, the, 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 the person that dies with the most toys, they win. You know, that's what, that's what culture says. So get, 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 you know, accumulate in houses and lands and boats and cottages and trips around the world. That's, that's what you want to get. Because when it's over, it's over. What does truth say? Hebrews 9 and 27 is appointed for men to die once. And after this, the judgment. That's what this book says. You think, you may think, maybe one of those people that you just think it's just live this life do your very best. Make the most. Because you're gonna die and it's gonna be over. It's not over when you die. Pointed to die, men wants to die, and after that, there's a judgment. I want to be ready for that judgment. Culture says there's no hell, no need to be concerned. You know, why are you living like that? Why are you, you know, trying to be this old Christian person and trying to live right and do right and why just have fun just go party just do what you want to do there's no hell you think there's a hell there's not a hell what's what's the truth say though let's go to the truth the truth says in matthew chapter 10 and verse 28 do not fear those who kill the body don't fear people that can destroy this body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him Who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell? That's what truth says. One more, culture is letting us know that you know what you believe what you want to believe. All religions lead to God. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or any of the world religions. It doesn't matter as long as you believe in a God or a higher power. They're all the same thing. You know, just what we're all going to end up in heaven. That's what culture believes. Some of your friends, some of your family believe that. What does truth say? John 14 and 6. I am the way, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm so thankful that there's a truth of God's Word. That's why you got to get this Word in your heart. That's why you got to read this word on a daily basis. That's why you got to memorize this word. Because this is the one thing that is constant. The Bible says that he is truth and his word is truth. I need the truth, amen? You need the truth today. My response to truth, three things. Number one, my first response to truth is to buy the truth. Everybody say, buy the truth. Proverbs 23 and 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. My money, your money, it shows to you what things you place value on. Where's your money going? A lot of my money goes to Tim Hortons. It does. I go to Tim's probably once a day, usually, maybe twice. I put a lot of money into that company. I value some things there. We, 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 we value our homes. We put a lot of dollars into our homes. We value our cars. We value our trips. We, we value some things. Some of you ladies, you value your clothing. Your closet's full of stuff. But yet there's nothing to wear. Okay. Some of you ladies value your shoes. I know you. I know you need shoes, but how many pairs do you really need? Wherever your money is landing, I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't hit yours yet, guys. Where, where are you spending your money? On the golf course? Any golfers in the house? Okay. Tools? Is it in the, on the, the the tool shed or the? Maybe it's in your house. Where, wherever you're spending your money. We put our money on things we value. I want to say this. I hope some of you are valuing the fact that you're getting older, and you need to put some money into the account for later. We live in a great country, and yes, there's an old age pension. I gotta go back and figure out all the stuff that I get coming to me here. There's there's a pension, (laughs) right? Or or the what is it called here? CPP Canada Pension Plan. But I, I even saw a number that, that if you max it out, you're only, only going to get like 500 and some dollars a month from that. Like, what's that going to do? That won't feed your going out to eat and going to Tim Hortons for the month. It's not going to do it. We've we got to be making sure there's money going into a tax-free savings or into an RRSP. I'm helping someone here today. Because you might not think you need it, but you do need it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the years come and go fast. And before you know it, you're going to need it. So, so make sure your money is going on the things that you need. and that We've got to value the right things. Too often we let our money get spent on things we don't need. That we don't have to have. And sometimes our money is not there for the things that we should have, because we spend it on the things we don't need to have. Solomon wrote Proverbs 23:23. 23, 23. The Bible says he was probably the wisest man who ever lived. And here's what he said. He said, "If you're going to buy anything, buy the truth. And don't ever sell it." Get this and get this close. Put a high premium on this, and don't ever, ever let it go. He said, put your money on truth. Now, I want to tell you something, in your notes today, truth will cost you something, amen? If you buy truth, you're gonna have to put your time into it. You're gonna put your money into it. It's gonna cost you some things. There are people that they buy the truth, And it costs them some of their personal dreams and ambitions. Some of you will have to give up some friends if you buy the truth. You might have to give up some of your personal dreams if you buy the truth. We'll all have to give up some of our sins if we buy the truth. I I think today, this is Mission Sunday, we we give our offering today for missionaries. I I think of the missionaries that we know, that I, I know personally men and women, that they've said, this truth is so precious that I'm willing to give everything for this gospel. I can think of the families that I've been a part of their lives that have sold out their dreams in Canada, their dreams in the USA. They've left their families, they've left their grandkids, they've left their friends, and they've gone to a country around the world. And they said, I'm going to spend my life because I'm buying the truth. I'm giving everything I've got to this truth. Why are they doing it? Because they place a high premium on this truth, on this gospel. They know that their labor is not in vain. They know that one day at the end of this short life, there's going to be rewards in heaven. They're going to be handed out, and they're going to receive crowns of righteousness for what they've done for the kingdom of God. Their ultimate goal is that they would have someone to present to the master and say, this is someone that I have won for the kingdom of God because of my desire to see truth proclaimed. It's going to cost you something. If you don't value truth, there will be something that you will sell out to besides truth. If you don't value this gospel you'll find yourself spending your time and your money and your energy on things that are not worth it. I've watched many people sell out to truth for a dollar, an increase of pay, a new career. They move their family across the country to a place where there's no gospel, Bible-believing church, and their kids are gone, and their grandkids are gone, Is it worth it? It's not worth it. Buy the truth. Sell it not. Don't sell it out for worldly pleasures. Don't sell it out for ungodly appetites. Ultimately, the only thing that matters is that I have a truth in my life, that I've bought it, that I protect it, that I keep it close to my heart. The Bible says my response is to buy the truth, value the truth, hold it close. My second response is, is number two, to know the truth. John 8 and 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to know truth. I want freedom, and I've, I've experienced that freedom. The Bible lets us know that Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are life. He, he has life-giving words. He has words that, that are Powerful. Men and women in our congregation today, I want to tell you, you might be an eloquent speaker. You might have the ability to speak and to move crowds, but human words cannot change human hearts. They may be great, but they're not transformational. But to know his word is to know Jesus To know his word is to know Jesus. To know this word is to know Jesus. He says, my words, the words that I speak, they're life. These words are life-giving words. They're transformational. This is the word of God that can take the hate out of a heart and can put into it the love of God. This is the word of God that can take out unforgiveness and can fill someone and place their heart full of forgiveness. This is the word that can speak peace into a heart that's troubled. This is the word that can bring life to where death has dwelt. In your notes, truth, the words of Jesus, the word of God, truth, it brings about supernatural transformation. How how many have experienced the transformation that comes through the truth of God's word? I'm telling you today, it's not things that I say. It's the word of God that transforms lives. John chapter 14 and verse 17 says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. This is talking about the power of his spirit. He, he, Jesus was saying, I, I'm with you. But there's going to be the spirit of truth that comes. And the spirit of truth, which is my spirit, I'm dwelling with you, but I'm going to be in you. I'm thankful for the indwelling spirit of God, that the spirit of truth that's dwelling in our hearts. The Bible says when his spirit indwells us, John 16 and 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. There's something about the Spirit of God. It's going to lead you. It's going to guide you. It's going to guide you into all truth. I thank God that the truth of God's Word can make us free. I'm thinking back when I was a younger pastor in Virginia. I remember in the early days we met in a schoolhouse, in a school cafeteria. Uh, It was one of the early years, and there was only a small group of people in that congregation at that time. There was a young man and his wife and son who started coming to our church. His name was Robert Lanza. And he would come to church, and he was tough, man. He had a scowl on his face. He'd, he'd just kind of like look around with those eyes, just kind of lowered a little bit. He was cold. He was stoic. He, he, he just, he you didn't want to even talk to this guy. I mean, he scared you. He was like that. But I remember the day where God's word began a transformational work in Robert Lanza's life. I remember seeing him on this particular Sunday when the word of God was preached. And he was, he was standing, and it was just only little plastic chairs. He was holding that yellow chair in front of him, and he was shaking. He couldn't control the shaking because God's word was penetrating that cold, indifferent heart. And when God's word begins to work inside of your heart, something supernatural, something transformational begins to take place. And that day, Robert Lanza, when it was time to go to the altar, he let go of that chair, and he ran to that altar, and he fell on that altar, and God changed his life. It was a transformational work. It was the Spirit of God that was dwelling in him now. God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and God changed his life. Transformational. Truth brings about supernatural transformation. And the last response that we must have, not only by the truth, not only know the truth, but we must love the truth. Everybody say, love the truth. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So there's unrighteous people who are deceived, who, who are going to perish because they did not receive a love of the truth. Verse 11 says, And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. My response today to truth. God give me a love for truth. Let's make that our prayer right now. God, give me a love for truth. God, because there's people who are called unrighteous, who they're going to be deceived in the fact that they did not receive a love truth. I I pray many, many times when I pray, I pray, God, give me a love for truth. God, give me a love for righteousness. God, give me a love for holiness. God, give me a love for the things of God. God, the things that you love, God, help me to love. I pray that all the time. I want to have a love for truth. I'm saying today, if you're going to be saved, you must have a love for truth. And I believe everybody in this room, under the sound of my voice, you desire to make heaven your home. It's been said that as a church, we're only about one generation from extinction as a church. Because this truth, as much as you love it, as much as you hold it dear, this truth, if you love it, you got to make sure it's passed on to the next generation. It's like the race that we're running. A, a, a relay race usually has a baton in it. And there's several racers. And they say that the race is won or lost in the handoff of the baton to the next runner. Many times it's dropped. Spiritually speaking, I'm, I'm saying today that if there's no conversations about truth in your home, beware. Beware. Truth doesn't just happen at the church. You, you might say, Well, Pastor Steve, we're, we're believing that the church is going to do a good job of proclaiming this truth, and I don't get to talk about it at home. I think you're wrong. You and I have got to take the responsibility to make sure that truth is loved by the next generation. How many here would say, I've got kids? You're, you're, you're the linchpin, you're the link to the next generation. You have got to take responsibility. You can't leave it up to the Sunday school department, and they do a fabulous job. You can't leave it up to the youth department, and they do a fabulous job. You can't leave it up to me. Thank you. I, wasn't, I didn't say it quite like that to get that response, but I'm doing my very best. I, I, I sincerely am. We're going to do our best to come alongside you But really, it's not my responsibility. It's not the Sunday school team's responsibility. It's not the youth team's responsibility. It's parents, it's your responsibility. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, you, everybody say me. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. You shall talk about them when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise up. The transfer of truth belongs to you. If we love this truth, I don't want to just love it and then have my kids grow up and not serve a God that I love. Could care less about going to the house of God and getting into the presence of God and worshiping and praising the God that I love. It's your responsibility. You've got to talk about it. You can't say, well, I hope they get it in Sunday school today. Well, they're going to do their very best, but it's your responsibility to pass this truth on. To the next generation, that the John, third John, chapter one and verse four, and I'm almost done. Says I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You know what? I've said this before, but I don't care if my kids get a great education. I do care, but you know, it's it's not the most important thing. I don't care that they get the you know. Summa cum laude and, and magna cum laude and, and some university campus. I don't care that they are at the top of the heap. I don't care that they have you know the finest of houses and the nicest of cars. I mean, I hope that they get nice stuff, but that's that's the least of my words. My my prayer and my greatest joy is to know that my kids love God, that they serve God, that they're willing to go wherever He calls them. It's more important than success. It's more important than degrees. It's more important than wealth. My kids, they must love and serve the God that I serve. The the verse said as we started this loving the truth section, the Bible says if a man sends, no, the Bible says, it doesn't say this, I'm saying this, if a man sends you a delusion, you can get out of that. If the devil brings you a delusion, you can get out of that. But the Bible says that God is going to send an illusion that they're going to believe the lie if they don't have a love for truth. Everybody's standing. I want you to just close your eyes for a moment, and I want you to talk to God for a second. I want your prayer to be right now. God, give me a love for truth. Jesus, give me a love for truth. God, help me to buy the truth and sell it not. God, help me to know the truth. God, in the name of Jesus, God, your word is truth. God, the promises in your word are true. God, you can answer. You can meet us. Let's begin to thank him for a moment for truth today. In the name of Jesus, Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram, and on Facebook, search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.